Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, you're listening to another TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Russell Hargreaves, in for Andy Goldstein. Now, there is just one place to start, and that's by looking back at England's one-all draw against Ukraine in their Euro 2024 qualifier in Poland. It was live on TalkSport, and here's how it all sounded with reaction from England manager Gareth Southgate, defenders Mark Gurhey and Carl Walker, and the former England defender Stuart Pearce. And the positive result that Ukraine garner with the full-time whistle is greeted with huge admiration from those decked in yellow and blue around the stadium here in Rotsbach. A disappointing night for England in terms of the level of performance. No getting away from that. We had c- complete control of the game over, I think, 70% possession. What we didn't do well enough was turn that possession into really good chances. This is where the problem is, I think, for Gareth Southgate. He's in an era now, in charge where he has some very good attacking players, but they don't attack very well for England. You take a point. 20 minutes to go, I'd have took a point all day. For the quality that we've got, and especially in the forward areas, we should be creating more, but you know, that's not me blaming them. It's on all of us that we could have got that, that second goal or a few more goals or a few more chances created. But like I said, it's important that we, we learn from this game, we analyse, we improve, and we move on to the next game. The players in the more advanced areas didn't deliver a performance to win us the game. A little bit too pragmatic, chances few and far between. It's not a display that will live long in the memory at all. I think what's happened is, because of the level of player that we have available to us, there's an expectation that we always deliver, always. I think with you know this group of players, we can hopefully go and achieve something special and long awaited for what the country's been waiting for. Tough game against a very good team, hostile environment. Uh, I felt we controlled the game. Say so the only thing that we, we lacked a little bit was maybe that little bit creativity in the game. But the important thing is that we came away with at least a point. It's a difficult one. You could start pointing fingers in all directions now. Always in my world, the blame, if it is a blame situation for a performance of any individual, lies with the individual themselves. With these players... England fans expect better and it wasn't a fluent performance it wasn't an attractive performance the result is something that we'll take we're we're not happy but we'll take a point um, especially here they're a good team we know we can do a little bit better it can happen you know it can happen in in any game really that's on the whole team I wouldn't put it on any particular players or any of the forward players I say as a whole team we take responsibility for not for not doing more in the game but like I said it happens it's important that we got the point and now it's important that we move on to the next I think uh, the pitch was a little bit slower so at times players were having an extra touch it wasn't quite zipping through but also we just made poor decisions or poor execution and um, we just didn't find that um, bit of sharpness in the final third it is a point gained 
in a game that England really couldn't afford to lose if they were to maintain their dominance at the top of Group C. We'll be disappointed with the performance. Don't lose track of the fact that ain't a bad point. In the scheme of things, it's a good point. It's not as easy as people think, OK, we've got a fantastic group of players, but you have to understand what he has to work with and the amount of time that he has to work with. Unless we're turning round and saying Ukraine are that bad as a team, we should have come here and won the game comfortably. I don't think any of us think that's the case. They're not a bad side. It's one of them nights we move on, we take it as a good point and you know, move on from there. Collectively, they'll be disappointed with the performance. When the dust settles tomorrow morning, I don't think they'll be disappointed with a point. I certainly not. Here's all the best reaction to the game on the full-time phone-in with the very frustrated Jamie O'Hara and Jermaine Pennant over on Talk Sport. Bad performance, that for me. Shocking performance. Southgate got it all wrong. Yeah, it was, it was like it was a loss. The way we moved the ball and the way we played was absolutely shocking. Those players, they are going from their managers to Gareth Southgate. And for me, watching it over the years, he is a bang average manager who is robbing a living. It feels like a loss to me. I don't know about you, but it feels like a loss to me. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Ballingham's, your Madison's, your Sackers to an extent, they are not going to flourish under this manager. And this is the biggest problem we have. We are the only country, I'm sure, who have employed a manager who's had one job previously and he's got a 29.8% win ratio with that. Them games, no disrespect, we should be winning 3-4. You know, you should be putting them to the sword. With the amount of class players that we've got and the way we talk about England and uh, how we should be winning Euros and doing this and doing that, we should be rolling teams over like that. We dominated play, but we just look so basic. Again, it's your typical Southgate getting the selections wrong and then not having the knock to change it. He's a learner driver in an F1 car. He's literally got everything he needs at his disposal, the best of the best, and he doesn't know how to use it properly. He might be able to use the gas and turn the wheel, make the car move, but he's never going to win the Grand Prix in it, not playing the way he does. If we had a manager with a bit of oomph about them, with this squad, we would have won a major trophy. Completely frustrated now. The fact that he's still playing Maguire at the back, and we've got so many quality players, and he's just going back to the same old boring, boring football. I personally don't think there is anyone else better that is going to step into England side right now and do a better job than Harry Maguire. Wow, there isn't. I'm sorry, wow. there isn't. Especially when you're trying to get out of a group stage. Maguire still deserves to be in that England team. Jordan it's Henderson not even should, Jordan Henderson shouldn't be in the England team. Harry Maguire, because there's no one else better than him right now, should still be playing for England. Don't try him. Carl better than him. We end up going down the path of berating the players, berating the manager, etc., etc. We have no God-given right to qualify or to lift the trophy come the end of the tournament. It's not going to change. And I said, when was, oh, are you a Southgate fan? Or, or do you want him to go? Do you want him to, I was saying he's got to go because he's not going to change. Mm. He can't learn anymore, Jermaine. <laughs> he can't learn no, anymore. I mean, he's, he's had three tournaments. He can't learn anymore. Look, we'll probably get out of the group. But if we're talking about England going to win a Euros, because we should be favourites with the squad of players that we've got, absolutely million miles off it. And uh, anyone who thinks that Jordan Henderson should be playing in Don't midfield and starting is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, without knowing which changes people suggest that should have been, I, I wouldn't agree that uh, Hendo didn't do any, a really important job for the team. It's absolutely baffling. Absolutely baffling. Now onto the Rugby World Cup, where England began their campaign with victory over Argentina in Marseille. 
Our Chief Rugby Commentator Andrew McKenna was watching the Pool D Clash for Talk Sport. England have been victorious in this opening game of the Rugby World Cup for them. 27 points to 10 over Argentina. All of the points from George Ford's right boot. Six penalties, three drop goals, all coming after they reduced to 14 men after only three minutes when Tom Curry was uh, yellow-carded, upgraded to red, so he missed the uh, rest of the game. Argentina actually scored the opening points of the game from the boot of Emiliano Buffelli on four minutes, but they weren't able to get any more points on the board till the final play of the game virtually. Bruni going over for a close-range try. That was converted, but England are up and running thanks to a sublime performance from George Ford, kicking all of England's points on his own. Oldham has beaten Argentina this evening. Full-time, England 27, Argentina 10. On to Manchester United. And throughout this week, we've been reacting to the news that the club's owners have now decided not to sell the club and have taken it off the market. Before we hear from the former Chelsea defender Scott Minto, here's TalkSport's chief football correspondent Alex Crook with a passionate rant on what he feels is wrong with the football club under its current ownership. The Glazer situation is fascinating because it feels like anybody who isn't a Manchester United fan thinks that Manchester United supporters are whinging because they've got this sense of entitlement. I agree it doesn't have to be an emotional investment, but I just think if you take over a football club, the word is responsibility. Because it's more than just a business. Of course it's a business, but it's more than just a business. It's a community. This, I don't want to go as far as to say is their life, but it means so much to them in their life. And to turn around and say it's a business, well, I'm sorry, that, that to me shows really what type of human beings they are. They've gone from being the powerhouse in English football, one of the powerhouses in European football. They're not even the powerhouse in Manchester or the North West now. Liverpool and Manchester City have both overtaken them. Arsenal have overtaken them. Chelsea, if they get their spending right, really should have overtaken them when you look how much money they spent. And then you've got clubs like Newcastle and maybe even Brighton, who are much better run by someone who does care deeply about the football club in Tony Bloom than the Glazers. They are falling behind. And all the time the Glazers are there, these parasites right at the top of the food chain, it isn't going to get any better because they're not interested in winning Premier League titles. They're not interested in challenging for the Champions League. They're happy to be in that competition and to take the, the riches that come with it, but they don't care about success. Look, from top to bottom, Manchester United is a million miles where it was under, under Fergie. And I do get what you're saying totally about the Glazers. I don't think you have to be a supporter of the club, but you do have to care about what you've got because this is more than just a business. It's not your business that you started from scratch. And if it goes, then you're the only one going to lose out. This is a an institution football club, one of the biggest around the world. There has to be a bigger responsibility. There has to be a duty of care. They don't care, clearly. None of this would be happening if Sir Alex Ferguson and David Gill were still there. The dereliction of care of that football club, the stadium's falling apart, the training ground isn't up to scratch when you compare it to the likes of Manchester City. I can't find anything positive to say about the Glazers. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. end today's podcast with an exclusive interview with the Wolverhampton Wanderers manager Gary O'Neill. The full interview was aired on the Saturday session, but here Gary talks to Alex Crook about losing star midfielder Matthias Nunez to Manchester City in the summer. We were never planning to lose Matthias Nunez. That was never part of the of the plan. But of course, when, when a club the size of Manchester City come calling and that late in the window makes it very, very difficult to then stabilise the player and and see a way that he's going to remain happy at at Wolves. So a difficult situation at, at that time for the club, and then lots of things in place to try and replace Mateus with not just one player, but a few that we felt we needed and some positions that we needed to strengthen. And to be fair to the recruitment team, and, and Matt Hobbs worked extremely hard in the whole period that I've been there to try and put the squad in a stronger place as, as possible with the yeah with what's been set out by the club guideline-wise. So... We didn't get all of them done. We we missed a couple that we would have liked, but now we yeah the the window's shut and we know where we are. Squad's ready to go and up to me to to maximise what we can produce. As a former player yourself, was it easy to sympathise with Nunes because obviously he took quite dramatic action by not training with the rest of the team? But did you find it difficult to come down too hard on him? Bearing in mind that if you were a player yourself and a big club like that came in, you you probably also would want to make the move. It's difficult for me to talk about now because Mateus is obviously at, at Manchester City and I don't want to talk too much about Manchester City's players, but that, I, that wouldn't have been how I would have chose to handle it. I know players nowadays, they have a lot of people advising them on, on how best to, to do things and, and how to get things done. As a club, we were always really clear on how the process would go and we had evaluation for Mateus and we also had things that we, we needed to try and get in place to make sure that we could replace him within the next few days so that the offer that we received, if, if it got to the level that we were happy with, we were, we were always going to give Mateus our blessing and, and allow him to move on. But the, the way the player behaves in that situation doesn't change that. It doesn't bring the price down, doesn't make us more keen to do it or not do it. It's still, yeah, there's a lot of things that go into to a player moving clubs, especially at that time in the window. So not how I would have chosen to do it. But before that, before that time with Mateus, he was a very talented boy good kid works his socks off every single day for us so yeah ho- hopefully that the move goes well for him so that's it for another talk sport daily podcast thanks for listening on the talk sport app or wherever you get your podcast from and make sure you hit that subscribe button there'll be another one of these talk sport daily podcasts out first thing in the morning but until then thanks for listening to the talk sport daily 
was a podcast from Talk Sport.